0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up on Studios America, we'll uncover the dark money trails hidden beneath the pandemic with Glenn Beck. I have huge news to break. Apparently, our government was full of crap about everything COVID-related. Who could have possibly imagined that? Start saving up for that big summer vacation. How do you do it? Well, you start, of course, with a $10 discount on a Blaze TV subscription. Head to BlazeTV.com/stew and enter my promo code Stew to save that ten bucks. And is the current Russian invasion the product of terrible decisions made nearly thirty years ago? Let's investigate as we do the Russian invasion, part two.
1: Stew does America.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of problems here in our own country to worry about. Problems like I don't know, increased gas prices, uh, inflation and supply chain issues. All huge, huge problems. What should we blame them on? The terrible president we have? Lots of crazy spending over multiple decades by both parties? No, 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 no. There's a real reason, and CBS is here to tell us about it. The US economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. So there's your tweet of the day from CBS News. Is that true? Is that exactly what's going on? I feel like maybe the answer to that is no, not at all. Uh, Ukraine, to give you a quick update, uh, declaring a 30-day state of emergency. They're getting their reserve troops ready to go. It does seem like something's about to happen uh, and is an ongoing and unfurling catastrophe uh, in uh, Ukraine along with uh, Russia. And of course. We're adding to the fire. We're, we're stoking it. We're making it worse and worse and worse. China is uh, saying that the U.S. is creating fear and panic over Ukraine. I don't agree with their analysis on it, but I will say what we're doing is not working. Uh, you, you know, you can look at this and say, well, is it Biden's fault? So much of it is right. He invited a minor incursion. He said that there was disagreement among NATO. And honestly, Afghanistan is tied to this as well. I Got my Taliban Joe uh, mug here right now. Um, And it makes me think of how does Vladimir Putin view something like that? Right. This is a guy who is uh, who only backs down when there's strength there. We saw that through the Trump administration. Look, he was he was tough on this stuff and you never knew which way he was going to go. Like him or not, uh, he was able to hold off Russia. And really, they didn't do much of anything in the four years he was in office. Joe Biden comes in and completely cuts and runs from Afghanistan, leaves the country in the middle of an ongoing humanitarian catastrophe that we have not really talked that much about. But almost everyone in the country right now is hungry. It's like something like 95 percent right now just from that basis alone. It's a tragedy. But of course, uh, the attacks and uh, the people left behind and all of the other craziness. What was 12, 12 minutes until the Taliban took the country over and they're doing a great job. By the way, we should point that out. Good job, Taliban. You're doing a great job running the country. Um, so often a, a decision when it comes to uh, foreign relations is made and we pay for it for a really long time to come. This is not a new thing. And I want to I want to go to a place that maybe you haven't heard being talked about yet. But it's, it's something I've, I thought was a big deal for a very long time. There is uh, been an ongoing battle. Uh, through propaganda, through media, f- back and forth between Russia and Ukraine for a long time. This is not something that is new, but it goes back to the fall of the Soviet Union. And I want to go over to I'm just realizing this is the worst self to keep your attention of all time. Um, I want to go back to a document from 30 years ago to explain it. Um, OK, uh, well, it's it's from Foreign Affairs. And if you were flipping through Skinamax at like 3 a.m. and you saw foreign affairs, you might stop, right? Might sound pretty good. So think of of it that way and not the really boring foreign policy journal. Um, The case for a uh, Ukrainian nuclear deterrent. This is something uh, we've been talking about. I've talked about this many, many times. And here's the thing. If you get nuclear weapons, don't give up your nuclear weapons. Very few countries in the history of the earth have done this. Uh, One is South Africa. Luckily, they have really no one around them to threaten them. Uh, But other than that, you have basically a case of multiple countries that used to be part of the Soviet Union, were able to separate in the late 80s and early 90s, and had nuclear weapons in their possession. After that all happened, these countries were encouraged by nearly everyone to give them back to Russia. I... It's hard for me to comprehend why you would do this. Uh, At one point, Ukraine had the third largest nuclear stockpile in the world. And they were encouraged by everybody, including the United States, to give those nuclear weapons back to Russia. It's a way to bring peace. Well, I want to bring you back 30 years to foreign affairs. And uh, this is the boring policy um, um, journal, not not the Skin of Max movie. Um, and th- there was one guy who made the case back in the day to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe, just follow me on this, maybe Ukraine holds on to these nuclear weapons so it can defend its sovereignty in the future. Wild, crazy idea, just throwing it out there. What do you think? Well, what America, what the world thought was, you're crazy, we're not going to listen to you. Uh, but... Let me give you a little uh, some bits and pieces of this. And you tell me if he was wrong. His name was uh, John um, uh, Meersheimer, and uh, he is an expert. He was a guy who was talking about this stuff um, back in the day and just trying to say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe we, before we do this, because once you do it, it's done. Once Ukraine is no longer a nuclear power, well, we can't we can't uh, we can't unring the bell at that point. Let me give you some of this. I mean, it's as if the guy was speaking and and telling the future. Uh, Here he is. A nuclear Ukraine makes sense for two reasons. First, it's imperative to maintain peace between Russia and Ukraine. That means ensuring that the Russians, who have a history of bad relations with Ukraine, do not move to reconquer it. Ukraine cannot defend itself against a nuclear-armed Russia with conventional weapons, and no state, including the United States, is going to extend extend to it a meaningful security guarantee. Ukrainian nuclear weapons are the only reliable deterrent to Russian aggression. That's one of the things that is most important to know about nuclear weapons. Uh, they are a deterrent. They are a reason that peace has been uh, is much more common in the world. You go look at how many people died in wars. Do you could go by decade, and it looks like uh, you know um, looks like our stock market over the past couple of weeks. It's just this downturn over a very long period of time. And the reason why fewer and fewer people uh, are dying, I mean, there's multiple reasons, but one of the main ones is nuclear deterrent. People don't want to get get wrapped up in a war like this. And I think a lot of people right now are thinking, well, Russia, Ukraine, they're way the hell over there. What do we care about it? And look, there's something to that argument. We have overstepped at times. We have been involved in too many things at times. But this is the type of action that could UNRAVEL INTO A SITUATION THAT'S GOING TO AFFECT ALL OF US. I THINK ALREADY IT'S GOING TO AFFECT US FINANCIALLY. Uh, IT'S GOING TO GET ALL THE THINGS WE TALKED ABOUT THAT CBS IS BLAMING ON THE UKRAINE SITUATION UNFAIRLY ARE GOING TO BE MADE WORSE by this situation as it, as it unfolds. Um, let me give you a little bit more from this 1993 foreign affairs uh, piece. A war between Russia and Ukraine would be a disaster. Great power wars are very costly and dangerous, causing massive loss of life and worldwide turmoil and possibly spreading to involve other countries. The likely result of that war, Russia's reconquest of Ukraine would inj- injure prospects of peace throughout Europe. It would increase the danger of a Russian-German collision and sharply intensify the security competition across the continent. We've seen that happen already, right? Germany's shut down this pipeline and we're seeing um, a massive outbreak of, of, of tensions uh, in NATO countries. And the conflict in Europe is a real worry. Remember, Vladimir Putin is not a guy that you can just be like, oh, I trust him. And what he wants to do is just to take back the Russian speaking areas of this country. It's very possible that that might even be his intent, but you can't control every one of your soldiers. Someone launches the wrong weapon in the wrong direction, and God knows how this thing could spin out of control. You want to avoid it at all costs, or at least almost all costs. Um, Again, quoting from 1993, again, this is written 30 years ago, but it could have been written today. A conventional war between Russia and Ukraine would entail vast military casualties and the possible possible murder of many thousands of civilians. Russians and Ukrainians have a history of a mutual enmity. This hostility, combined with the intermixing of their populations, raises the possibility that war between them could entail Bosnian-style ethnic cleansing and mass murder. This war could produce millions of refugees clamoring at the borders of Western Europe. How does that turn out for not just the Western European countries. How does it turn out for the global economy? It's not going to be pretty. There's also the threat of escalation beyond the borders of Russia and Ukraine. For example, the Russians might decide to reconquer other parts of the former Soviet Union in the midst of war or might try to take back some of Eastern Europe. Poland and Belarus might join forces with Russia against Ukraine or gang up with Ukraine to prevent a Russian resurgence the Germans, Americans, or Chinese could get pulled in by their fear of a Russian victory. Now, Belarus is doing exactly what they said uh, in this particular piece. Poland has gone the other way, and the expansion of NATO after this was written is part of the complication to this whole thing at this point. You know, at one point, we did basically say, and historians have uh, confirmed this, that we did basically tell Russia we were not going to expand NATO uh, toward their borders, eh, it was never formal, and we later on said, "You know that thing we told you before? Eh, we're going to not do that and not listen to it anymore." So there are there are some complaints that Russia has that you can could be seen as somewhat valid, at least, um, and this one in particular. We did wind up expanding it, and we were trying to bring more people into the the areas of uh, of NATO because we thought. You know, freedom's important and we want to protect these nations. And look, they'd be toast probably at this point if we didn't expand NATO. But it is creating more complications uh, now than we had considered earlier. Um, the security environment in Europe would, con- would certainly become heated and competitive in the wake of Russian war with Ukraine. Other great powers would move quickly and sharply to contain further Russian expansion. The Russians then would then uh, think seriously for security reasons about controlling their many smaller neighbors. Other great powers would move to check them. We're seeing all these things happen. My argument for Ukrainian nuclear deterrent assumes that Russian-Ukrainian relations are likely to deteriorate in the future. Gee, do you think so? If trouble were not in the offing, Ukraine would not need a nuclear arsenal. The safest strategy is to make Ukraine a responsible nuclear power before serious trouble starts between them and not have to attempt this in the middle of a Russian-Ukrainian crisis. Here we are in the middle of a Russian-Ukrainian crisis, and all we can do is try to flow as many conventional weapons uh, toward Ukraine as possible to try to deter Russia from, from even attempting this. But here, this, is, this is the larger point here. Long ago... The experts, the elites in, in most uh, of these military uh, analyst sort of communities said, give it up. You know, Russia is going to be a good partner. We should trust them. Let's give them back their nuclear weapons. It'll be wonderful. Uh, everything will work out just fine. We want to get rid of those nukes. Nuclear weapons have shown over a long period of time to be an effective deterrent against war. Against war. If, if Ukraine had them right now and had a large arsenal, there would be a totally different calculation coming from Russia. You notice that often when these countries, countries that have these weapons are just sort of off the board. You know, we talk about this, um, the NFL draft is coming up here in a couple of months. Uh, There are certain players that teams just take off the board. They're like, all right, that guy's a little too shady. I don't care if he if he if if he's not picked and we're, you know, the next round pick comes up from where he's supposed to be selected and he's there on the board. I don't want any part of it. He's I don't know. He's got a problem. He's a head case, whatever the case may be. And then they take them off the board. And that's what's happened with these nuclear countries over over time. You know, countries don't necessarily come uh, and invade the United States because they know the deterrent that we have. That deterrent could have been in a, a country like Ukraine, which would have stopped most likely, Russia from invading it. Uh, instead, we went the other way. We trusted people who think, "Oh, well, let's just get rid of all these weapons," um, you know. And it becomes essentially the equivalent of a gun-free zone, right? Everyone who wants to commit mass murder knows the guns aren't there. It's an easier target, and they can take it over. Now, look. Ukraine is not a gun-free zone. It's going to be a very, very bloody and terrible battle if this goes uh, as far as some people believe it will. But there, there was a time where if we had just thought a little bit differently, if we would think uh, a little bit differently about nuclear weapons and about the deterrent that they provide, all of this could have been avoided. Instead, we're in the middle of a crisis that's unfolding exactly how it was predicted back in 1993. And if uh, if you, you know, I guess the one thing you can't predict is that you have a president who can't speak and can barely uh, handle the most basic of responsibilities of his office. That makes it much, much worse. Again, people had lots of complaints about Donald Trump, but Russia didn't make any moves when he was president of the United States. They made their moves against Barack Obama and they made their moves more so against Joe Biden because they sense the weakness. The weakness is there. A despot, uh, a mass murdering uh, tyrant like Vladimir Putin only reacts to strength. And when he senses weakness, he knows it's time to move. He's sensing that weakness and he's moving. The three-week rule may be the best financial advice ever. What is the three-week rule? Well, wait three weeks to buy that new car. Wait three weeks to refinance your home mortgage. Wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Why three weeks? Because ScoreMaster is a thing. Scoremaster is a thing. It takes like three weeks to boost your credit score. An average of 61 points. If you're gonna make a purchase that depends on your credit score, that depends on the interest rate you're getting, that 61 points can make a massive, massive difference. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on a home. It could be six figures. ScoreMaster's uh, technology was developed by credit data scientists who basically reverse engineer into the algorithms that they have at these credit, uh, you know, reporting agencies, and they help you make your score go up. They're your points. Why don't you have them? Scoremaster is easy. It takes about a minute to get started, and you can see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. Try Scoremaster for free now. See how many plus points you can grab. Go to scoremaster.com slash stew. It's scoremaster.com slash stew. Improve your credit score the right way. Scoremaster.com slash stew. I'm happy to welcome back to the program anti-American and Chinese Communist Party propagandist Glenn Beck. His new special is coming up tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's called White Lies, Black Ops and Red China. A uh, positive look at China's um, <laughs> movement in the world and no, what they've done. No, the no. influence operations. You never you don't you know you only hear the negative around here in America. You're right. gonna give the positive yeah. side on China tonight. No, not actually. Um are actually, you gonna even do the show tonight? <laughs> is that gonna happen? Because we're taping early today yeah. because I guess there's gonna be some rain and some snow. No. There's uh, and a, you I feel like are We're in a bail. major ice storm and, a major uh, ice storm. Yeah. What what's what does that mean exactly? where are you from? It means Washington state. And I've lived up
1: north too. Mm. No, it's not major. It's we have we have nothing. It goes crazy here. It really is. It goes crazy. The The accident, there were four accidents on the way in this morning before the ice storm. <laughs> there was like, the roads seemed completely
0: fine and there was cars, yeah, know, all, cars all over. Everywhere. You had that, too? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the roads seemed completely everywhere. fine. Yeah. Um, and there was accidents everywhere. I Apparently, just saw, there's a bunch more now. Yeah, I just saw somebody
1: was going home and they were like, yeah, look at the tractor trailer on its side. Oh, that's good. <laughs>
0: I don't understand. It is bizarre. So we're taping early uh, today, trying to get the shows on uh, for tonight. You'll hopefully you're seeing this right now. Yeah. Um, but your special comes up after after, after the this. show today. Mm-hmm. It's about China. What is it about? Other than the the, the pro China the pro position. This is
1: actually um, a really interesting question. Um, somebody who worked worked
0: at uh, EcoHealth or Echo EcoHealth. Um, This is the Peter Daszak firm, Mm -hmm. uh, very closely tied into the COVID-19 and the and the uh, gain of function research
1: and the Wuhan Institute and Mm -hmm. everything else was getting funding, as we showed on our special from um, Fauci and from uh, the National Institute of Health. Mm. Okay. Well, there's some other funding. For instance, there's a lot of funding. What we showed you was a drop in a bucket. We now have documents that show that the DOD was paying a fortune to Peter Daszak's company for work in China. Hmm. The guy we have on tonight, I don't know whether to believe him or not, and I'm not sure if it's a bad thing or not. Um, He's left um, EcoHealth and said that uh, Peter Daszak is a CIA agent. And the CIA, or was working for the CIA, so Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's an agent, Um, and the CIA knew uh, all about this because that was a plant to see what was going on in China. So they were doing all this bad stuff knowingly, but apparently uh, we wanted to find out exactly how far they were, et cetera. And so that's why the cover-up happened, is because nobody wanted to know that the Department of Defense and the CIA was involved. I don't know if, I, I don't know what to think about that.
0: Hmm. No, that's a I whole mean, other layer. Because, I mean, one of the more effective defenses on the on the gain of function research was sort of the dollar amounts. I mean, look, China's still doing this research if we don't give them $500,000, right? Like, they're, they're, you know, it's interesting that we were tied to that, and it's important that we don't continue to fund it. But, like... You know, this program was going to exist whether we funded it or not at those levels. But this potentially elevates it. Yeah. And it hasn't stopped. Um, And what did our
1: government know? When did they know it? You know, are you comfortable with that? And I've been thinking about it and I'm going to ask the guest tonight. Um, If we had the ability to have one of our scientists overworking in the nuke labs of iran would that be a good thing or not if they were working for the cia maybe a good thing might be a really good thing it just depends this one we're funding the research at the same time uh and apparently you know they they didn't
0: stop the little accident Yeah. Um, And things tend to look different after multiple millions of people are dead across the world. Yeah, I think so. You know, (laughs) it'd be like, yeah, I Uh. tried
1: to call you guys and they launched the nuke. (laughs) Um, You know, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. So, you know, that that kind of puts a different spin on it. But um, the documents are are pretty solid. Um, Echo Health or Eco Health can never get their name right. Mm -hmm. um, Is uh, they responded to our questions on this one. Really? Yeah. Quickly, hmm. um, we've talked to some people that were coworkers of the the uh, guest tonight, um, and he seems to check out. He seems a little um, nervous, I guess. But I think if I <laughs> yeah. thought I was exposing a, a big, you know, the CIA, I might be a little nervous too. I might be a little scattered.
0: Well, it seems like really important information, and I hope the one half inch of ice um, doesn't prevent it from being told to the people. I mean, your dedication level, we'll, we'll guess we'll test that tonight and see. Is this really one <laughs> half inch of ice, or is
1: this uh, CIA controlling
0: Ooh, the weather? Ooh, very interesting. Uh, let me ask you a question that came, this is related, and it, comes, it came back up this week. So I want to ask you this, and I want to get your actual opinion on it. Who is our greatest geopolitical threat? China. I think so too, and it's it's interesting because obviously Ro- Romney said Russia, it became a big deal in the campaign, and now conservatives are saying, hey, you know, Romney was right, and I think Mm-mm. in in general terms, it was ridiculous the way it was handled. Right? I mean, it was dumb for the media to say he's a crazy. The 80s called and got their uh, you know foreign so policy. Let's go back, back but-
1: to the 80s. Who was the biggest threat? Because remember, it was Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, and the Pope. Mm-hmm. Out of those three. Who was the biggest threat to Russia? I mean, I, I, the Pope? <laughs> the Margaret Thatcher? I don't think, I think... Reagan? Yeah, I think it was America, because we funded it and pushed it through and mm-hmm. had the megaphone. But without, you know, the Pope, they probably wouldn't have fallen, and really without Thatcher. Yeah, it was important that but, they all worked together. You know, I think that uh, our biggest foe clearly is China, but uh russia can uh soften the uh, the road. So
0: russia could bring us down it's, but it's the a- big winner will be china it's a defensible point right they have the biggest nuclear stockpile there's there's a lot of reasons to say russia's a huge threat but like we china is a massive massive threat and they have, they're playing the long game you see even people who advocated for this idea of bringing china in are now backing off of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... The, the right has changed on this. I think the left has changed on this at some level. Some level.
1: I think there's still a lot of people that... You know, I was really interested in our guest that we had on today. The guy, he was the COO of uh, PayPal.
0: Yeah, Sachs.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting to see him look now at the industry and be the guy warning, hey, this is all coming apart. You know, he... he was an angel funder for almost all of the big, you know, the big, big tech companies. And he's now on the front line going, "Uh, wait a minute. Stop, 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 stop. All these companies are starting to edit. And he's talking about warning today about a social uh, credit score for Americans. Are we in a race uh, essentially to to decentralization or tyranny? Yeah. And I think it's going to be right down to the line. And I don't know who's going to win yet. (laughs) That's but terrifying. it really is. It's terrifying. It's yeah. terrifying. Um, it is, can they put together uh, a an emergency like Canada had? Can they find the emergency to shut us all down before we all figure it out and say, no, you're not playing and we're taking our toys and going home. Hmm. That's, that's...
0: It, It's dicey. Can you give us a little bit on you've talked about this before, um, but this transition to a digital dollar, right? A a U.S. government backed digital dollar. There are some people who would say, well, I like cryptocurrencies and maybe this is a good thing. Um, But this is not decentralized. This is centralized and it can be controlled. Right. I mean, they can control what you might spend it on, for example.
1: Look uh, at the Hamilton project. Hamilton Project is a project between the uh, Fed Bank of Boston and MIT. It is the this is the the, this is their trial coin. They're trying to put something together. And um, it will eventually be the the coin um, that we go to from the U.S. dollar. The problem with these coins is that they will um, give the government complete access. Think about. What are the people in Canada going to do that just lost their jobs, just lost their insurance, just lost their truck, may lose their house, can't get a loan, and no one can assist them? What do those people do? It's one thing to be deplatformed, which means I can't speak out, I can't be heard. It's another to be debanked. And that's what's happening. And that's what the Fed coin will do. They close all yeah bitcoin you can have all the Bitcoin you want. Oh, by the way, all the exit ramps that allow you to take that out and use it you can't. The government's shutting them all down. Well, now you 've got Bitcoin, but you can't use it. We talked
0: about a, a woman who had made a $50 donation. She was like a minimum wage employee, made a $50 donation before there was any crimes associated there still with. aren't any crimes well, there are parking crimes right there i mean you know like you there are things that they you know minor stuff uh, you know look blocking a bridge is is you know a blockade is not something that you know but either of us are excited was, about right but that's not really what right but it was even before that stuff started so mm-hmm. even if you you want to justify it that way she made the donation before that even began and now she can't get access to her bank account she can't pay her rent uh, and this is happening across Canada. And you have to believe it's going to come here, too, if, well, it's not, I mean, if it's not already.
1: I mean, look at it. What, I mean, they're trying to send you a message. Don't you dare speak out. Don't you mm. dare cross us because there's no help for you. And by the way, this emergency period is supposed to last 30 days. But Trudeau has come out and said even after this expires, Uh, you banks might want to look at these people of interest and say that they're too risky to loan to or to return services to, okay? And by the way, the the Canadian parliament, why would they vote for this? Last Monday, they got together and they voted. Why would they vote for this? Mm. Do you know why? Because Trudeau tied it to a vote of confidence. And the vote of confidence means, in a parliamentary system, if you vote... Uh, against a vote of confidence for your prime minister, that means you have, that triggers automatically new elections. Okay. So he tied that vote and he said, look, if it doesn't pass, I'll look at it as a vote of confidence and I'll quit. Well, all of the, the ruling party, the liberal party, Mm -hmm. his party, they went, if we have an election tomorrow, we will lose. Yeah. OK, there's a shift in the polls. Yeah, the polls a poll came out today. that had them down 12 points, 12 points. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they win. So they don't want a new election. Correct. So they all voted and said, yes, keep the emergency because that he made it into a vote of confidence. When uh, another member of the parliament said, let's have a separate vote after that, let's have a separate vote just on the
0: emergency package. They were all out of time. <laughs> well, all out of time. It happens, Glenn. Yeah, I know. it's part of the problem here that the parliamentary system is just dumb. I, I mean, it really—it's better understand. than a dictatorship, but have, it sucks. Have you
1: watched the Canadian compared to the English? Mm. Uh, the English are like, <laughs> yeah, at least they're yelling at each they're other. They're yelling at, so at each fun. other, but it sounds like bulldogs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> These guys are just—it's like you're. I don't know. It's just like a train station. Mm. I don't even think they're talking about stuff. It's like, yeah, and I'll have a couple of bagels, too. I mean... I don't understand how they get a damn thing done.
0: <laughs> I, I don't either. Uh, all right, Glenn Beck, he's known as President G's right-hand man. Uh, tonight, his special White Lies, Black Ops, and Red China. Insider exposes pandemic money trails. It's going to be really interesting if Glenn bothers to do it because, you know, there's some rain outside. It's coming up right after uh, this at 9 p.m. Eastern. Of course, don't miss uh, any of the shows on Blaze TV with your Blaze TV subscription, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code. Is Stu? That's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save ten bucks. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I hope I you're, just, uh, you're. You give me a headache. Your leaders in China. You give me a
1: headache. Are, think this, I'm going to have you disappear. Think you did your job. You're calling today. them right now, G. Make him
0: disappear. <laughs> Back in a second. Uh, well, Moik Box is a great thing for you and your family if you want to support family farms uh, around the country. If you want the freshest and grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, sustainable wild-caught uh, caught Alaskan salmon delivered straight to your door. The difference uh, is something that uh, you can taste. And I can give you uh, experience from this from my family. They love everything that comes uh, in the Moik Box. We've we got a freezer full of it because... Uh, you know, we're, we, this goes back to Christmas. We did a, a bunch of steaks for Moinkbox box I mean, the whole family was there. They absolutely loved it. Uh, you can keep American farming going by signing up at Moinkbox.com slash stew right now. Listeners of the show get free filet mignon for a year. Fle- free. It's free. Free filet mignon for a year. Come on. One year of the best filet mignon you'll, uh, you'll ever taste. Uh, but uh, it's only for a limited time. You can uh, go there now. It's Moinkbox.com slash stew. M-O-I-N-K box.com/stew. It's moinkbox.com/stew. Get your year full of free filet at moinkbox.com/stew. So the Pentagon has approved the National Guard and their deployment ahead of the DC trucker convoy. This is, of course, building on the Canadian protests that has happened over the past uh, few weeks. One interesting, I mean, you know, one interesting thing about this is a little bit different from the Canadian uh, thing because the Canadian thing kind of started with one particular demand, right? They were like, "Well, look, we're truckers and we want to be able to come and go across the border and bring goods in, uh, and we don't, we shouldn't need to be vaccinated to do that. We're in a cab by ourselves. You know, this is ridiculous." And everyone was like, "Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous," uh, and it. It did wind up expanding into more of a general rights conversation and um, pushback against the government and their restrictions generally. Uh, But that was the germ of why that protest in particular started with truckers and why it developed the way that it did. Obviously, there's a different situation here in the United States. Um, We don't have a vaccine mandate for our truckers. Uh, In fact, we don't have a vaccine mandate at all. There are some private vaccine mandates. There's some for health workers and certain industries, uh, the military. Uh, But generally speaking, we don't have that widespread vaccine mandate just because the Supreme Court said, "Um, we're still looking at the same Constitution, right? No, we can't do that. Of course not, obviously. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what form this protest takes in America. Is it just a generalized, um, uh, you know, uh, debate about, um, you know, the... uh, Uh, Sorry, I'm getting, of course, phone calls in the middle of the show. Um, uh, Generally generalized debate about uh, covid restrictions. What what is the actual situation here? Um, We'll see how that develops going forward. Uh, The Democrats are now coming out. Even Salon is saying it's time for Democrats to embrace a vaxxed and relaxed message. Vaxxed and relaxed, Uh, basically saying, look, you got your vaccine, just live your freaking life. You're seeing uh, this happen in Colorado with Polis, the governor uh, there. He seems to be the, the, the one leading this on the on the Democratic side and just saying, like, look, you know, we went out, we got the vaccines. If they're effective, we should be able to live our lives. Right. That's what you know, that's the messaging Democrats are starting to to push toward. And it's a good move for them. I mean, it's a very smart move for Democrats if they want to uh, lose fewer seats when it comes to this next election, particularly in a in a purple uh, or red district. Uh, where you know people don't like these restrictions as much. It's kind of interesting to see. We have um, new data out from uh, the Washington Post and the CDC today uh, about the effectiveness of uh, vaccines. Uh, they, the article is coronavirus vaccine protection was much weaker against Omicron, data shows. And I think everybody kind of felt that Um, Anecdotally, right? Like more people who were vaccinated were getting it this time than previous waves. They have the data on what that means um, uh, here, and let's take a quick uh, quick look. We may do more on this this week because there's something very important left out of this conversation uh, that I think is important uh, to highlight. But uh, vaccine effectiveness over time by variant. You see, by the beginning of Delta, it was up uh, near you know 95 percent, dropped down to about 80 percent at the end of Delta. Omicron. Uh, Picked about 70, 70 percent. It started and for fully vaccinated people went down to about 55 percent after uh, toward the end of Omicron. The boosted number was better at about 80 percent effective. Um, Now, let me give you some of the breakdowns of this, first of all, by cases. And this is the one it seemed as if everybody who uh, got vaccinated or didn't get vaccinated got Omicron. The numbers break down. A little bit differently than that, but basically there was a drop in effectiveness. And in from the Delta wave, you had about five times as many uh, people by rate. It doesn't mean total number, but you know by the rate, um, the effectiveness rate was about five times as high for unvaccinated people during Delta, and it dropped to about three times as high during Omicron. At some points about only about two times as high. So that's a big drop off. There's some effectiveness, but still a big drop off. Numbers are a little bit better when it comes to hospitalizations and deaths, as you might imagine. Hospitalizations was 15 times as high during the Delta wave um, for those who were unvaccinated, but that dropped to only seven times as high. Uh, during Omicron, same type of thing happened with deaths. Unvaccinated um, about 12 times as high uh, of a, of, a, of their chances of dying from COVID during Delta, and that dropped um, to about 10 times as high uh, during the Omicron wave. Uh, Of course, all of this uh, is is always, uh, you know, a fascinating debate because it always has to go. It always pushes towards mandates. And again, you should be able to make your own decision on all of this. The data, though, especially some of the data that the White House uh, uses has been really misleading at times. The things you're getting out of the Joe Biden Twitter account don't show uh, these numbers There's a piece up on the blaze I want to draw your attention to. It's called How Prominent Public Health Agencies Are Skewing Vaccine Effectiveness Statistics in the U.S. Denominator Gate, which is like the nerdiest hashtag. I love it. There's never been a better hashtag than Denominator Gate. Um, But it is uh, basically going through um, how these numbers are calculated and particularly shines some light on the shadiness of some of the statistics that Biden himself has used. I mean, it's it's quite long and detailed, and I want you to go through the piece yourself. But um, it, what it shows is the numbers we just gave you are a lot closer uh, to the numbers uh, that are real than some of the numbers that Biden has actually produced and tweeted about uh, publicly, trying to mislead people. Uh, I think, at least, um, that's a little speculation there, but certainly seems to be backed up. Uh, by their actions. So it's up on The Blaze uh, now. Uh, check it out, blaze, uh, theblaze.com. It's by Clayton Cobb. How prominent be- uh, public health agencies are skewing vaccine effectiveness statistics in the U.S. Hashtag DenominatorGate. Unless you've been in a death bunker of some sort, you probably have heard about CBD, wondered whether it works. Well, 90% of doctors say their patients have tried CBD to treat some health condition. It's obviously been used um, uh, by a lot of people, uh, and it's one of these things that, I don't know, you hear about it all the time, does it actually work? Well, CBDdistillery.com uh, has over two million customers and counting. Uh, if you want to try CBD, they're the place to go. If you have sleeping problems, um, people say 90% of people say that they uh, said they slept better with CBD. You have sleeping problems? Might be something to try. How about nagging discomfort? The same survey shows 80% of customers found that CBD helped them. If you go to CBDistillery.com, you can order online. No prescription is required. And if you enter SDA, Does America, S-D-A, Uh, You'll get a 20% off uh, discount right now. So uh, SDA at checkout, 20% off, cbdistillery.com. It's cbdistillery.com. It's not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I mean, I don't know what they're doing in those states. cbdistillery.com, cbdistillery.com. The code is S-D-A. Take a second, review and rate this podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. We do appreciate it Uh, up on the Apple podcast right now dumb show i hope this hurts others it's true whenever you rate this review sure it helps the show uh, a little bit if you review the show and give it five stars but more importantly it hurts others other podcasts feel the pain every time you give this show Five stars. So please make sure you do that. You can write whatever you want in the review. I don't care. Uh, YouTube. You can also go to youtubecom slash Stu does America. You can comment live during the show. Uh, Michael writes appeasement. The belief that if you're nice to dictators, those very dictators will be nice to you. It's great to see our stupid leaders have learned uh, never learned any lessons from 20th century European history. I don't think they've learned anything from any part of history in any century, uh, but certainly not 20th century European history. Um, tiger 2 writes this. Have you ever noticed how much Justin Trudeau looks like that Mike TV kid from Willy Wonka? And I will say this. No, I have never noticed it. Can we see them side by side? Is this true? You know, I, I gotta say, is Mike TV also Fidel Castro's son? Because that's, uh, they do look quite a bit alike. What a, what a wonderful observation. Uh, we appreciate uh, all of your comments uh, during the show. Make sure to subscribe at YouTube and click the little bell. to will give you a little uh, notification when we post the new show every day and whatever else we come up with. Uh, check it out. YouTube.com slash Stew Back in a second. Okay. So here's what happened. Husband and wife decide they're going to have kids. And they try. But she has a uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma and has a bunch of uh, side effects and it's not working out. And they decide to maybe go to the egg freezing clinic. But that's like 15 to $20,000, apparently. So they decide that's too expensive. And they just basically pray that they're going to have kids someday. They try. Eventually, she gets pregnant. So she gets pregnant, goes through full term, goes to the hospital. She gets there around 1150 p.m., Uh, She's put into room number three and then there's some issue with the monitors. So she's moved over to room number two and she goes into labor and labor. uh, I mean, I I don't know how you women do it, frankly. Uh, It's not one hour. It's not two hours. Uh, It's twenty six hours of labor. Twenty six hours. However, kid is born and it's a wonderful moment. They're calling it a miracle. Because after that 26 hours of labor, the baby was born at 2.22 a.m. on 2.22.22 in, as I mentioned, delivery room number two. 2.22.22. 2.22 a.m. Room number two. Now, I don't know that it's, I mean, they're calling it a miracle baby. I mean, that's actually just a bunch of twos. I don't know that that necessarily means... I mean, who knows? Maybe the kid will be a, a mass murderer later in life. And then they will be like, I can't believe they called him a miracle baby. People that tweet that that baby is a miracle baby. If it turns out to be like some crazy dictator, they'll be canceled later in life. Can you believe they called Adolf Hitler uh, a miracle baby? That's that's just the future, though. Uh, but we think it's actually an adorable baby. and has nothing to do with these terrible, terrible things. By the way, last time two twenty-two twenty-two happened was in the year 1622. It's been a long time Uh, it won't be uh, happening again until 24 22 Uh, so set your calendars now Uh, make sure to go to stewdoesmerch.com stewdoesmerch.com check out all the merch buy it i have to put i have got a miracle baby or two that i need to put through college so go buy it stewdoesmerch.com we will see you tomorrow